0: is a map of the human personality it's a tool for navigating relationships creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else most importantly the enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself my name is jeff cook i'm a philosopher in greeley colorado and with me is cj wilson businessman lover of theology and enneagram ninja hello my man hello We have done deep dives into the characters of the MCU, of Star Wars, of Jurassic Park, and of course, our exploration of the greatest villains in film, which, like 2020 itself, took about five years.
1: It was fun though, but yeah, it was really long.
0: Off mic we said, we haven't done one of these typing throwdowns for a while.
1: I think it was because we uh, came down from the villain series and was like, we need a break.
0: (laughs) We need a huge break. This next set of podcasts, we have teased since the beginning. Uh, you want to tell the folks where we're headed?
1: Well, we have been talking about this because this is something that both of us do and have done for years, but how great would it be to have a series about the Lord of the Rings during the winter holidays, because what's better than watching 32 hours of film (laughs) over the course of the holidays?
0: These are comfort
1: films. Well, some of them are.
0: I got a belly full of turkey and a fireplace. This is the go
1: to. And uh, needing a reason to avoid family members. <laughs> right, right. It's perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little setup here because, of course, when we do these series, we not only talk Enneagram, we want to talk about the riches of contemporary popular art. The Lord of the Rings is something each of us probably come back to in different ways. Why, why do you get into these aside from this is a great comfort food? Um,
1: cause it's, it's rich storytelling. It has multiple levels of what's the word I'm looking for. It's not, it's not surface level storytelling. Like it has, it has meaning like you, you can actually talk about these, these stories academically and, um, because there's there's multiple things going on. There's allegories and 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 different levels to how these stories are written and told, and um, and they're just they're they're just really well executed. I agree. Longtime
0: listeners will know that my favorite topic in film is virtue and vice and the inner life of characters displayed in those ways. And these films really tap into some of that. Um, I'm also a nut. I actually engage Lord of the Rings in my professional work. I'm wrapping up my second deep dive into the Lord of the Rings in in a philosophy class at UNC. And this gives me no advantage, by the way, in uh, in our typing throwdown. In fact, this may be a handicap because...
1: You're looking through a different lens, so...
0: That's what it is. Yeah. Well, quick word on The Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is the best-selling book of the 20th century, one of the most popular set of films ever, um, arguably the best trilogy in all film history. Uh, it is acknowledged, I think, by most to be the foundation of, for all modern fantasy. And you see, its, you see its themes and its inspiration all over the work of George Lucas and J.K. Rowling, yeah. of George R.R. Martin and Stephen King. We see these books as a dominant influence on games like Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons. And of course, Tolkien's influence
1: on the music of Led Zeppelin and the
0: comedy of Stephen Colbert.
1: It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Not to mention basically founding the English department at Oxford.
0: Right? I mean, we could just talk about Tolkien for a bit. Right. Tolkien and many of these World War One veterans are coming back from war and they need new language for talking about evil and their post-traumatic stress. And what they do is they create fantasy. So that's C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and you know Ray Bradbury and um, Golding. You see it in Fahrenheit four fifty one, you see it in just all just much of twentieth century literature, Orwell, is being built by these these World War One veterans speaking about evil in new ways because evil has become mechanized. Any other thoughts on the big the big picture here?
1: Everyone at least knows about these stories. And about these characters. They may not know them at, at the at the level that, that we're potentially going to be talking. And I know that there's people in my life who know them, know these characters significantly clearer than I do. Um, but the I, I think there's a good window into being able to talk about the things that that we're actually interested in talking about, which is um, character and motivation and and the way that that these things sort of play out in personality and how you can tell a story in ways that showcase the things about the Enneagram that we like. Yeah. This is an ensemble piece, which allows
0: us to really talk about a variety of different Enneagram types, how they overlap, how they connect with one another, how they repel one another, what conflict looks like.
1: It just so happens that there are nine characters <laughs> just so happens in the fellowship. <laughs> so over the next four or so episodes,
0: we're going to talk about anagram types of these characters. So if you haven't seen these films uh, over the Thanksgiving break, we would invite you to do the deep dive. Get a nice blanket, get a cup of hot chocolate,
1: pour some scotch it's into it.
0: Glorious. <laughs> Or, or work Black Friday all day long and come home exhausted. Actually, that's what you need to do after Black
1: Friday. Yeah, this is a good way to wind down. Yeah. Well, we're typing characters, and before
0: we begin, we need to always, as always, we need to talk about typing. Uh,
1: TJ, what's the one rule for typing other people? The one rule for using the Enneagram to type other people is don't. We make two
0: exceptions to this rule. Um, it's just public figures. And fictional characters, public figures are ones that we're just speculating, um, but they give us a common place to dialogue about culture and people who are in the arena. And we're not telling people who they are because we're never going to meet these people, but it, it can be helpful to just get our minds around the world and ourselves. But with fictional characters, movies give us a window into motive and they showcase People going through their hardest situations in a fictional way, and that allows us the the chance to really talk about the inner life, conflict, motive, stress, security, and all of these things that are so important to the discussion in Enneagram.
1: And and it, it gives us a chance to uh, sort of, the phrase that we like to use is is sort of put put some flesh on the bones like we we can talk about the concepts all we want but but we find that this is a good opportunity for us to give examples without using people um and and give us examples of how to how to sort of type ourselves based on on some behavior and displays and stuff without without requiring that that we're typing other people it's really really dangerous to use the enneagram to type other people because you cannot see what's actually motivating them that's what the enneagram is all about It's what drives the behavior and we cannot be inside another person's head we cannot see why they are doing the things that they are doing only the that person can decide that but talking about fictional characters gives us an opportunity to sort of skirt that rule a little bit because in order to know fictional characters, you have to be able to see why they're doing the things that they're doing. That's what good writing is for. So
0: say it's the case that you have somebody in your life who you really love and care about and want to engage Enneagram. TJ, I've heard there's a fantastic set of episodes that have just come out. Yeah, I heard so. Uh, yeah. On typing other right. people. We did look up our uh, Around the Circle typing, and uh, we have set up the last 10 episodes that we recorded, Uh, give an intro to typing, and then give you landing places for considering your type or letting people that you love listen to us talking through the types in ways that they might connect to. And so if it is the case that uh, you want to get others into the Enneagram, that's our best attempt at uh, creating a landing place for them. So,
1: And just to hammer the point home, that is not an opportunity for you to figure out how to type your friends. <laughs> right. It's an opportunity for you to invite your friends to type themselves. And even two, uh, I had a
0: great um, experience, which I haven't gotten to talk to you about. I walked through mm-hmm. one of the episodes with my oldest child They know what their type is. We just listened to the podcast together, and it was a fantastic experience of just hearing them listen to the language and then build on it. And we were Mm -hmm. pausing every other sentence um, just to hear them talk about their inner lives. And I found that just rich and edifying. And if you're on a road trip and you already know your type or your spouse's type or your kid's type, that was just fantastic to just, just to go through the episode on that type and hear from them how they saw themselves. Sure. That's cool. So here's how this uh, works. When we get into pop culture conversations, TJ and I, uh, in reference to Lord of the Rings, have decided on 20 characters to type. And we've gone our separate ways, and we have typed each character on our own, and we will go through each of the numbers. And if our character's number is the same, we will spend time talking about why we think that character is a certain type, and if we differ, we'll say punt, and we'll send it down the road. But today, we're just going to start with one character. Uh, This is going to be our teaser. We want to give you some space. If you wanted to, for example, during Thanksgiving, uh, watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy and do your own little typing list, we would actually love to see that, but it'll allow you a little space. But to get us in the mood for the Lord of the Rings, we are going to begin by typing one Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo! As you'll know, Bilbo is played by the incomparable Ian Holmes in The Lord of the Rings. Sir Ian Holmes. And the great Martin Freeman in The Hobbit.
1: He's not a sir yet, but I'm sure he will be someday.
0: (laughs) So I pitched to TJ a few weeks ago that I think these two versions of Bilbo have two different Enneagram types.
1: And I heartily agreed. Oh, at the time. At the time, I heartily agreed.
0: Since The Hobbit is a prequel to The Lord of the Rings, Bilbo seemed a great place to get into the typing mood. And that seemed an interesting way to jump into uh, our conversation. Is it the case that there are two different Bilbo's with two different motives? And uh, what's your take on that? So we went our separate ways, and this is going to be our discussion of that. So you got anything before we, we jump in?
1: Uh, I think it is important to note at the beginning that we are specifically discussing the film versions of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And it is also really, really important to note, and this is probably going to come out a lot throughout our discussion, that I think The Hobbit movies are terrible. I hate them. (laughs) I do not... I, I. I'm not sure that I finished the third one in my initial watching it. So what we did was Jeff actually found a cut of the three movies, a fan edit, uh, that's done in one four-hour chunk that is actually it's it's pretty well done uh, and cuts out a lot of the ridiculous nonsense. We
0: may be spinning down the Uber nerd uh, rabbit hole on this one, but if it is the case that you've seen the Hobbits, didn't really enjoy them, it's real easy to get online and Google Hobbit fan edit, and there's lots of artists out there who have done phenomenal cuts of the Hobbit movies, making them digestible, making them much shorter,
1: cutting out Evangeline Lilly,
0: right?
1: <laughs> a lot more character <laughs> focus on these,
0: and um, there's a there's a there's lots of them out there worth finding. So that's what we got there. So, my man, we are starting with one of the great heroes of all time—one Bilbo Baggins, yeah. really unique hero. In fact, I mean, there's not a lot of
1: heroes like Bilbo out there. Bilbo and Frodo, basically. Yeah, they, that's,
0: <laughs> there's a relation. Well, we're gonna start with Ian Holmes' version. So we're actually gonna jump into the Lord of the Rings first, and then we will we'll tackle Martin Freeman's take. But Ian Holmes. The late great, Sir Ian Holmes, as was said earlier. Ah, Chariots of Fire, Alien, and uh, I, I didn't know this, also is the voice of Chef Skinner in Ratatouille, oh. the small French villain. Sure.
2: You are oh. either very lucky or very unlucky.
0: That he died just last year, one of the 2020 casualties.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, just spectacular villain in uh from hell movie about jack the ripper uh Ooh. i might have just ruin it spoiler
2: alert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's great worth finding he's he's great in basically everything i've ever seen him in
0: was that the one with uh, johnny depp yeah yeah okay i didn't watch it i'll have to that's that's good to know though it's good it's really dark another fun fact ian holmes actually played frodo in a 1981 radio dramatization of the Lord of the Rings. And that's how Peter Jackson kind of elevated him in his mind for playing Bilbo. Nice. Um, Well, let's start here. TJ? Yep. What are your big thoughts on Ian Holmes' Bilbo?
1: Uh, So Ian Holmes' Bilbo, we don't get a ton of glimpse into who he is or sort of what he wants. Like he's at the end of... A very very long life and uh, he seems like this sort of crotchety old like just wants everyone to leave him alone and blah 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 but I, I I think as we look at like where that sort of crotchetyness comes from like we see a little little glimpses of it peeking through in some of his conversations that it 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 seems to me that he is displaying a, a lot of fiveness huh? In his behavior, so I'm going with Ian Holmes as a five.
0: I w- I would not have guessed that,
1: or Ian Holmes Bilbo. As a- uh,
0: tell you what, so this, so we're going to disagree from the outset, dear listener. Yes, I see Ian Holmes Bilbo an entertainer. I see a connoisseur. I see somebody who principally wants to be happy and experience some new adventures. Uh, I see an aggressive person. I see somebody who's really having a hard time dealing with conflict and hard conversations with his nephew, and I see somebody who has an addictive personality and can't finish his memoir. So I'm going with Holmes. Bilbo is a seven. Okay. Okay. As opposed to Martin Freeman, I think we can just walk through. There's only seven or eight scenes with Holmes, and we can just kind of say, what do you see here? What do you see here? So the first is the opening scene. Of the Lord of the Rings, not the, I suppose there's the backstory set up, but the first image that we have is of Gandalf the wizard coming to to the door knocking on the door. And we hear from inside?
2: No, thank you. We don't want any more visitors, well-wishers, or distant relations. And what about very old friends?
0: And then we're going. Yeah. I liked your take. This is crotchety.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. This is stay away from me. Dare we say this is somebody whose you know space is being interrupted and is frustrated that they keep getting their space uh, overwhelmed by negative people and experiences?
1: Well, and I'm not I'm not even sure that it's negative. It's because I mean, he says he doesn't want any visitors, well-wishers <laughs> or distant relations. <laughs> That's right. It's a well-wish. Like stop coming to tell me happy birthday. Leave me alone.
0: That doesn't seem very seven-ish.
1: Right? I suppose a s- That's my take. I
0: suppose a seven may, that may be stressing a seven out, and they have a different vision of how things ought to be.
1: But I don't think a seven would, uh, would tell them to go away.
0: hmm I wonder what, I'd be curious what a seven would say. Do you ever want to just hang in your house and do something without uh, being interrupted for a bit?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. But I don't think they would ever present it in that sort of crotchety way. Right? But Gandalf is different. Oh, yeah.
0: When Gandalf is invited in, it's with deep enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: This person cares about me. And notice what happens. Uh, Bilbo immediately begins listing things that he can serve his guest.
2: (laughs) Come on, come in! Tea? Tea? Or maybe something a little stronger. I've got a few bottles of the old Winyard left. 12.96. Very good year. Almost as old
0: as I am. <laughs> as Bilbo... This is funny. As Gandalf is going through Bag End, we hear uh, Bilbo in the background just listing, Oh, here's all the things that you could experience. I got cold chicken. I got pickles. I got some cheese here. That might be a little risky. We got raspberry jam and apple tart, some crushed custard somewhere. Uh, not much after, I'm afraid. Oh, I found some nice sponge cake, nice little snack.
2: I can make you some eggs if you love. Oh, God. Just tea. Thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: the very first thing that he said.
0: Variety. Sure. Here's all the things. Yeah. Very gracious. I suppose fives can be very gracious.
1: Mm-hmm. You hear anything there? Like Gandalf's presence tends to stabilize and 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 bring out like, like almost instantly mature Bilbo, I and mean, I'm I'm assuming that Gandalf has that effect on a lot of the people that he's around. But, mm-hmm. but instantly, Bilbo, his his like that. I keep saying the word crotchety. His crotchetiness sort of melts away, and this is this is someone who he's willing to give anything to. Mm-hmm. And and what I hear in that list is not a list of variety, but a comprehensive expl- explanation of the options available. Yep. Because it's not just something a little stronger. It's the old Vineyard 1296.
2: 96. Very good year. Almost as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was laid down by my father. What say we open one? Hey? Yeah. Like
1: the explanation of where this, this drink came from.
0: That feels both five-ish and seven-ish to me. The seven could be in security and pushing into five and saying, sure. I'm so secure with you. I can focus on here's the little details of the experience that we're going to have. Sure. Whereas the five does that naturally. Yeah. Right. Fun fact, you know who was offered the role of Gandalf
1: first? I didn't know this. I don't. It was one Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Thank God he said no. True. <laughs> It,
0: more so, he got offered five points for every movie. That would be five percent of the box office. Ooh. These movies made over three billion dollars.
1: Oh man, I'm really glad he said no. <laughs> and I'm wondering if he still is. He's rolling, rolling in his grave.
0: <laughs> this next scene, as they begin to settle down, I think exposes a lot of what I would want to argue is some pain avoidance. There's a knock at the door. It's the Sackville Bagginses. Bilbo says,
2: I'm not at home. I've got to get away from these confounded relatives hanging on the bell all day, never giving me a moment's peace. I want to see mountains again. Mountains, Gandalf. And then find somewhere quiet where I can finish my book. Oh, tea.
0: This is going to work for both of us. I hadn't yep. thought about this. Yep. You wanna, why don't you talk about the five here?
1: So the, the thing that I see here that works for five is that he is, there, there's multiple dimensions to this, but but the two big ones are that, that his relatives expect too much from him. They draw too much energy from him. And he, he just, he wants to be left alone. He wants to be left to his own devices. He doesn't want to spend that energy. And it's also the case that, that like, we'll, we'll discuss this a little more in a, a little bit. But his relatives are also wanting his things, his house, his the the spoons, the, the and and he he does not want to give any of that to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of what what this is about. Is that if he invites them into his space, he has to share, and he doesn't want to.
0: Yep. This is going to be one of those places that's awkward for me. I'm real familiar with the books again, and I think Bilbo in the books is a five in both books, in the in the Lord of the Rings and in The Hobbit. I don't think that Ian Holmes' portrayal comes across as five-ish. The motive feels just different to me here, mm-hmm. and the adventurousness of going to the mountains again, Gandalf Mountains, where I can finish my book ends up having so much seven to it in terms of like, I'm trying to get away from these people mm-hmm. and I want to finish the things that I have started. That, that just, uh, in, in my heart, uh, it just resonates more in terms of motive there, which ends up being weird for me because also I'm going to type Freeman as not a five or a seven. Sure. The thing that's strange is the dialogue is all the same. And yet I, th- I read the motive as being different in these three mm. presentations of this character.
1: Which is a, a really good point to to remind ourselves and our audience that yep. that this is why behavior is not the thing that we're looking for. This is why you can't type other people because yep. we don't know what's going on in Bilbo's head. All we have is what he's saying out loud.
0: And that came to me over and over again. It's all yep. about motive and not about behavior, right. and that's tricky because my take on Freeman is going to be out of the box. But it's I I can't get away from what I see as motive there. True. So,
1: well, and uh, I would explain this desire for mountains like the the way that he expresses it reads to me like five inch dress. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So fives, when they are in a stress place, they, they move to seven, and they pick up some of the behavior there and it becomes a little more sort of freewheeling and, and wanting to get out in a way. And, 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 and oftentimes it's, it's a lot more, um, jovial than fives typically are. And, and like you, you bring in some of that sort of like entertainment aspect and, and pain avoidance. And, and I think that, that there's a big part of this that like, like Bilbo feels the weight of his his life, and and his relatives and his age, and he just like in that sort of stress reaction, he wants to get away from it.
0: I like that as a five line. I don't know how I'd interpret it as a seven, but the this section concludes with Bilbo saying to Gandalf,
2: "I'm old, Gandalf. I know I don't look it." But I'm beginning to feel it in my heart. I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. I need a holiday, a very long holiday. And I don't expect I shall return. In fact, I mean not to. I hear that
0: as, uh, as being very aware of your resources.
1: Yeah. He's utilized more resources than he's supposed to have. Mm. Yeah. Butter stretched over too much bread. That is this, um. it's an amazing line to for someone who's lived longer than they're supposed to.
0: Making the argument for Seven, there's a lot of future focus here that of envisioning these things that I could be doing to save me from the pain of this experience. Hmm. But you have, if you're, if the argument is for five, you can say, yeah, stress. Yep. That's how fives are going to cope with stress.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily see it so much as, as future focus. Like, I I don't know that he has big ideas. It feels like his ideas are about, are more about getting away.
0: Hmm. In later dialogue with Frodo, he's gonna say, "I wanted to go to Merkwood. I wanted to go to the Mm -hmm. Lonely Mountain. I wanted to, but I, but age caught up with me.
1: But even then, he wants to go see his old haunts. Yeah, it's (gasps) a future past focus. Like it's, it's,
0: yeah, it's it's not, it's not engaging something fresh and new. It's I want to engage the old things that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh That's a good one." Alright, well, you cut to the evening when Bilbo and Gandalf are smoking on the side of the hill, boasting in the uh taste and elegance of this tobacco that they have in hand. Blowing smoke rings. Bilbo.
2: Gandalf, my old friend. This will be a night to remember.
0: Again, you can play this both ways on five and seven, it seems to me. Yep. I think so. One is a pass focus, yeah. Well, you talk about fives
1: in in the need to make an argument for 5 i see his birthday party as the type of thing that he has stored up the energy for one last hurrah okay yeah that that this is a this is a moment for him to sort of do whatever he wants and and like have a big party that he wouldn't normally have but he's never going to do something like this ever again.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so the way I read this, and I think this is a lot of why I'm typing, Bilbo as a seven here, is that this is his birthday, and he is excited to take everyone else in and along an adventure with him. Hmm. Specifically, we cut to him telling this story, in which he's he's it's his birthday. And he's over 100 years old, but he's spending it with all these little kids telling them about his adventures.
2: So there I was, at the mercy of three monstrous trolls, and they were all arguing amongst themselves about how they were going to cook us, whether it be turned on us spit, or whether they should sit on us one by one. it's was chillingly. They spent so much time arguing that wither twos and the y fours that the sun's first light crept over the top of the trees and turned them all to stone.
0: Really interested in engaging the kids and taking them someplace.
1: Could also be that he's just really likes his stories, the, the things that he experienced, and it's much more like a, a past focus.
0: Is that how a five would connect to the world and other people?
1: Yeah, potentially. Telling stories about things that they know really well. And, and I mean, there, there are a lot of fives that are really good with kids, and this is a, you know, he's entertaining a bunch of kids. This feels so much more
0: seven-ish to me. It could be the case, if I was arguing your point, he's, going, he's secure, and this is actually him in eight space, that he has command of this story and is actually, I don't know, providing something of value. I know. It's adventurous. That's, a, yeah. that's just screams adventure to me. True. Big scene in the extended cut, which some of you who haven't seen the the extended versions may have missed. In fact, uh, who, what's the actor's name who played uh, Frodo? Uh, Elijah Wood. He's doing a commentary over the extended version, and this scene comes up, and he's like, I've never seen this before.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think it's so core to this character and it plays out this way. So first setup, the Sackville Bagginses come in. Bilbo wants to avoid them. He goes into the corner with Frodo. They're hiding, and then there's a conversation.
2: You're a good lad, Frodo. I'm very selfish, you know. Yes, I am. Very selfish. I don't know why I took you in after your mother and father died, but it wasn't out of charity. I think it was because of all my numerous relations. You were the one Baggins that showed real spirit. Bilbo, have you been at the Gaffer's home brew? No. Well, yes, but but, but, that's not the point. The point is, Frodo, you'll be all right.
0: Doesn't tell him why he's leaving. Doesn't want to engage this hard conversation. You were the Baggins that showed real spirit. I suppose the five might be attracted to that as a contrast to their own personality. This is a complimentary person.
1: I, I think it, uh, not necessarily contrast to their own personality, but but um, you're the one of all of us that's actually interesting. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I like that. I read it
0: on the seven side. It's you're the one who's not going to bore me and slow me down. True. Sure. But... The fact that he can't tell Frodo that he's leaving I think is really important here. I don't know that it's – is it because he lacks the energy to do so? Is that why a five might hold that close?
1: I I read this very much five, and I read it as he is, he is keeping his own stuff to himself.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Like fives are not likely to share their own things. That, that includes their emotional space, their own... That I, the only reason he's saying any of this is because he's a little drunk.
0: Well, he had set it up with Gandalf earlier, Gandalf saying...
2: Frodo suspects something. Of course he does. He's a Baggins, not some blockheaded brace girl from Hard bottle. You will tell him, won't you? <laughs> yes, yes. He's very fond of you. I know. He'd probably come with me if I asked him
1: <laughs> that actually is an interesting thing
0: why do, why doesn't he ask Frodo to come along with him
1: I think because he doesn't want Frodo to come along with him I think he wants to be alone
0: I think that's a great argument for five yeah I don't think it's, I don't think a seven doesn't invite people to go on his adventure with him yeah
1: right I think I, I think if Bilbo is a remotely healthy seven. He wouldn't have left Bag End to Frodo. He would have invited Frodo along.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: All right. Point for five there. <laughs> well, and even in the in the midst of this, um, like he's he's saying he's selfish. I don't know why I took you in, uh, but it wasn't out of charity. There's a there's a bluntness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a an honesty that's that's sort of. Like he's not apologetic about saying things that are that are kind of mean, like he's he's just saying the truth. Yeah. Uh, coupled with a slightly drunken admission that you're my favorite.
0: Plusing here, core to the inner life of fives is understanding the world, wanting to understand the world so that they feel comfortable in the world. Really leaning into data to solve problems. Do you see any of that in this character?
1: I mean it, it's tricky because we're at we're at the end of like we're not seeing a ton of Bilbo because this story is not about Bilbo. We're seeing him more or less at the end of his life. And and he's he's surrounded by like books and maps and like his own almost creature comforts, but not in a um mm-hmm not in a gluttonous kind of way in a leave me alone kind of way. And if he keeps to himself that much, like he's Mm -hmm. like, he's, he's gotta be doing something. Cause the the way that this character's mind and attractions work, like he's, he's definitely doing something hold up in there by himself. Yeah. So like, what is he doing if not reading and studying and
0: that's a good point. If he was a seven, he would have been doing a little more stuff. Right. The fiveness actually might come out in the condition of Bag End, as opposed to what we mm. see in the Hobbit trilogy. The bag, bag End in The Lord of the Rings is in disrepair. It's right. uh, There's stuff just thrown everywhere, and that feels right. much more five-ish to me, like you're, you're stuck in your head and not really aware of or taking care of the stuff all around you. Right. Mm. I'm going to lose this one. Well, Bi- Bilbo <laughs> steps <stuff's> up. <laughs> The thing the thing the five has going for it is that fives become aggressive both in stress and security. And when there's a lot of energy coming out of this character, it may be easy to transition to either of those places. Yeah, yeah. Bobo gets up.
2: My dear Bagginses and Buffins, toots and brandy bottles, jumps. an birthday yeah. the last 111 years is far too short a time to live among such excellent and admirable hobbits i don't know half of you half as well as i should like and i like less than half of you half as well as you deserve
0: again this is a great you can interpret that both in fiveness and sevenness I was yep. thinking this is a great feeling repressed kind of line, <laughs> and just moving and, on.
1: And I was thinking it's a it's a great sort of sarcastic way to say I don't like a bunch of you. Yep. While either confusing or entertain, like like saying it in a way that like the people who get it might laugh at it a little bit, and the people who don't get it. Won't understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then there's a transition.
2: I ha- have things to do. I've put this off far too long. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. I bid you all a very fond farewell.
1: Goodbye. anything there it feels like a real irish goodbye it does <laughs> like he actually says goodbye but but it like he gets up to make a speech and then he says that's it i'm leaving and then he literally disappears
0: i've been interpreting the desire to go to rivendell as an adventure this may be a withdrawal yeah. And that's what's going on there.
1: I think it's, yeah.
0: I, could, I couldn't get away from you at Bag End. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really get away from you
1: <laughs> yep. with
0: withdrawing over
1: here. I'm a bounce.
0: <laughs> well, Gandalf has an interpretation of this, which feels seven-ish. Bilbo s- sneaks back to Bag End, and Gandalf's there, and he says,
2: I suppose you think that was terribly clever. Come on, Gandalf. Did you see their faces?
0: That feels seven-ish to me like i'm gonna I'm gonna solve my problems by being terribly clever
1: oh, I see it as i i I could go either way on this is this again because yeah. he's he sevens they're feeling repression will have them accidentally having fun at another's expense, but usually sevens are trying to have everyone entertained along with them, whereas this seems to me to be fun at the expense of the crowd and almost an intentional decision to do so.
0: He says, did you see their faces? And I read that as a, did you see how cute I am? I, I've already forgotten the word that Joel used on this front in terms of sevens, uh, using their charisma.
1: It's like a, a disarming. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it feels like he's pushing into that space.
1: True. Sure. I, I think you could go either way. Um, I read it, I, I read this moment as. Uh, did you see how dumb they looked? Yeah. It was hilarious. That's, uh, that makes sense to me.
0: Well, Gandalf bounces.
2: There are many magic rings in this world, Bilbo Baggins, and none of them should be used lightly. If it's just a bit of fun. It feels,
0: I suppose fives aren't averse to fun, but right. it's again a, a target of a seven would be to have fun. Sure. And then he hands off responsibility.
2: Oh, you're probably right, as usual. You will keep an eye on Frodo, won't you?
0: He's jumping to the next thing in my mind there.
1: I I don't have much of an argument for this. I think he's, it's, he, he's ready to walk out the door, so he's tidying up his business. Yeah,
0: that's where Gandalf goes.
2: What about this ring of yours? Is that staying too? Yes, yes. It's in an envelope over there on the mantelpiece.
0: Hmm. Of course it's not.
2: No. Wait, it's here in my pocket. Isn't that... Isn't that all now? Yeah. after all, why not? Why shouldn't I keep it? I think you should leave the ring behind, Wilma. Is that so hard? Well, no. it comes to it. I don't feel like parting with it. It's mine. I found it. It came to me. There's no need to get angry. Well, if I'm angry, it's your fault.
0: Again, this is going to be a five, seven. Easy to see how motive wise, the five would have a motive for keeping the ring. The seven would have a very different motive for the ring. Right. So you want to talk about that motive?
1: I mean, it's it's his. He wants to keep it. He wants to protect it. Like that's, that's part of five's whole thing is the protecting the resources that they have and it's 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 not greed in the same way of of wanting to gather uh wanting to gather and keep and and hoard in in the way that we think about greed it's greed in the sense of like the things that i have are mine and i want to protect them because if i let them go they might anything could happen to them
0: i think that's exactly right
1: and then on the seven side there's the
0: addictive struggle of a lot of sevens that's going to come out here where it's, I can't give up my, my addictions because of how they serve me. Right. Is Bilbo's anger worth talking about here?
1: Yes. And no, because I think we're, we're now entering into a space where we cannot ignore the reality of what the ring is doing to him. So, so regardless of if he's a five or a seven, the magic ring is changing him as well. So this this might even be a good um, a good metaphor for certain things in our lives, like unaddressed trauma, because like the the ring has the potential to change the way that anyone who is attached to it presents themselves because it changes it it has the potential to change their personality it it split Gollum into two Mm. the the ring has a will of its own and it it affects its master in in ways and and so like the anger coming out here i think can you can easily point it at uh like like fives their desire for control like like anger can potentially come out in this like this is mine, and I don't want to give this up. Uh, the seven, you can easily point to that sort of addictive nature of the way that sevens can that anyone on the influence of an addiction can change that their personality will shift, and and become that you have the potential to become monstrous. But it's also still the case that like the the ring has an effect, and this is the ring that I I think. Tolkien and 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 Peter Jackson and like the 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 point of this moment is that the ring affects Bilbo.
0: I think that's exactly right, and I think it ends up elevating your worst side as well. Yeah. We'll see. I think Gollum is a different enneagram type, and the ring has an effect on the type, which expresses itself differently. Agreed. But here, and just to go into further some of the dialogue. It's mine.
2: My own. My precious. Precious? It's been called that before, but not by you. What ah, business is not of yours when I do with my own face? I think you've had that ring quite long enough. You want it for yourself! Boomer Baggins!
0: That's a great 5 line, I think. Yeah. Gandalf rises up and very intimidating. This is where I think five, six, seven all work for here. I mean, it's fear. He, he seeks to intimidate Bilbo into acting. Fear is what motivates Bilbo to surrender the ring in some ways here.
1: And, and snaps him out of his crazy.
0: Yeah. So fear is going to be the underlying feeling for fives and sevens. Yeah. Still tries to sneak away with it, though.
2: You're right, Gandalf. The ring must go to Frodo. It's late. The road is long. Yes, it is time.
0: Last argument for Sevens here. He's. It seems like he's fleeing a painful situation there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And is caught.
2: Bilbo. Hmm? The ring is still in your pocket.
0: And notice what his target is. He gives it up.
2: I thought of amending for my book. And he lived happily ever after. To the end of his days. And I'm sure you will, my dear friend.
1: Might call that a future focus. You could. I, I don't think you necessarily need to. <laughs> if, you, if
0: you did, it would overlap with motive. Right. That is uh, the first set of scenes with Bilbo. We hear him in voiceover. And this, I think, actually does work real well for five. Um, Frodo is talking to Sam and he says,
2: Remember what Bilbo used to say? It's a dangerous business. Frodo, going out your door, you step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. That doesn't sound like seven to me.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the opposite of how a Seven would view that. Yep. It's that all of those things are joyous for Seven. Agreed. And, and here it's a warning. And here it's a warning. True.
0: Well, Bilbo and Frodo are reunited in Rivendell after Frodo is stabbed and healed up. They connect with one another. Bilbo shows Frodo his book.
2: This is wonderful. I meant to go back. Wander the paths of Mirkwood. Visit Lake Town. See the Lonely Mountain again. That age, it seems, has finally caught up with me.
0: We talked about this earlier, but anything worth saying there?
1: Again, the, the adventure that he was looking to go on was not a new adventure. It was revisiting his old adventure.
0: Yep. Very aware of his energy here too. Yeah. I don't know that sevens are like that.
1: this is this is a point where like the, the ring having the effect of him not knowing so like w- we when we talk about fives, we talk about like the the limited amount of energy that fives have. and I think the ring mm-hmm. sort of artificially made that bucket bigger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and now that the ring is gone, he is significantly more aware of how small that bucket is.
0: Yeah. Bilbo starts giving Frodo gifts. Here's Sting. Here is this shirt. <laughs> uh, thrill. As light as a feather and as hard as dragon scales. Let me see you put it on. Gifts and generosity oh. here. You want to talk about that with
1: fives? This is a, like, once Frodo finally releases the ring, I think we see it, it, an immediate change, but also the the scenes afterward give us a good glimpse of a five who has really come into a sense of, uh, of, of growth and maturity that he hadn't been at previously. Mm-hmm. And so like he left his, all of his belongings to Frodo with the house and, leaving the ring. But I think that was more like necessity. Like in order to leave, he has to leave his stuff with someone and Frodo's is the only one he trusts. But this is a moment of true generosity of giving up things that are precious to him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a sign of, of real maturity for a five that he was finally able to come to now that the evil of the does not have the same hold on him.
0: Yeah. Actually, I hadn't put this together, how generous he's being. And then all of a sudden, he sees the ring. And it's actually the opposite of what you're saying.
1: Yeah. The ring comes, brings him right back.
2: My my old ring. I should very much like to hold it again one last time. And of course,
0: you and I have seen these movies, and we've seen at least 100 decapitations take place in the Lord of the Rings. Right. We've seen incredibly large spiders. Yeah. Uh, We've seen dragons setting people on fire. Yeah. The most terrifying thing in the entirety of the Lord of the Rings is Bilbo Baggins' face suddenly changing here. (laughs)
1: Like, it's it's (laughs) amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, (laughs) it throws you off. Jump scare. It's a great meme, too. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Frodo pulls away. Bilbo slumps. And of course, we need to talk about this line.
2: I'm sorry I brought this upon you, my boy. I'm sorry that you must carry this burden.
0: And Frodo comforts him.
2: I'm sorry for everything.
1: <laughs> what do you see there? I think there are a lot of ways to read this. Um, For me, this seems like a real significant emotional moment for someone who does not share their true emotions very often. Ooh, yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Well, would that work for... I mean, I'm going to come back to trying to argue for seven. It feels like that would be... Both a seven, it could be a seven and a five quality.
1: I, I think you can go both ways with this one.
0: This feels for the argument for seven, this feels very one ish. He's he is in suddenly a place where he's broken something, hmm. is stressed out, and is trying to fix it. Yeah. And that manifests itself as self condemnation and repentance. And sure. that feels like a one ish way to, to approach things.
1: I get that. I'm not sure
0: that this is in the Lord of the Rings. I need to relook. Uh, I don't know if it's in the books. That is obviously we're talking about the movies, but right. I need to. I need to. I should go look that up. Last scene. We're going to skip two movies ahead. Jump into uh, Academy Award-winning Return of the King, which ends with uh, Bilbo and Frodo both going off to the Grey Havens. Spoiler: This is the final scene. <laughs> Uh, Bilbo is quite old, and beginning to have a little dementia. Maybe, what would you call this? I mean, it's just the a-
1: yeah. He's hella old, yeah. <laughs> a little bit senile, and it's you know it, it comes with old age. And then when you live like 111 years longer than you're supposed to, yeah, he <laughs> might get a little
2: a little a uh, little kooky. Tell me again, lad, where are we going to the harbor, Bilbo? The elves have accorded you a special honor. A place on the
1: last ship to leave Middle-earth.
2: Frodo... Uh, any chance of seeing that old ring of mine again? When mm-hmm. I gave you. Sorry, uncle. I'm afraid I lost it. Oh... City. should like to have held it one last time
1: anything there my my only real argument uh, for my point is also immediately uh not dismissed but but coupled with the power of the ring like th- th- this is a this is a past focus yeah Remember that old thing that I had for so long that I really liked? Yep. Do you still have that? Oh, man. I would have liked to see that again. Yep. But also, I'm the the addictive nature of the ring, like it, it still has a hold on him years later.
0: I think that's right. His last line is, as they sail off and he begins to get a sight of the heavenly future that he has, he says,
2: Well... It is a sight I have never seen before. I think I'm quite ready for another adventure.
0: And of course, for me, that's this, the heart of a, a seven is what is heaven, but but for a seven, except for not these, uh, these new adventures. Yeah. Wouldn't disprove the five
1: yeah and and like if if he's a five, his bucket just got instantly filled up,
0: yeah, maybe yeah. it's something that even uh there's something more valuable to possess here than the ring. The contrast of heaven and hell is all over that, I suppose right, yeah um it's good, all right, well, do you want to do the He it's just for fun, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is we. I mean, we're already an hour in. I got a good. I got a good. Uh, I got a good uh, idea about that. Fives and sevens. This comes from the back of the Sacred Engram. This is a list that was composed by um, an author on Blogspot, um, but it's found in the Chris Hyret's book, The Sacred Engram, and it sh- it's a mistyping chart that we use. And uh, let's talk about uh, Ian Holmes Bilbo. Is Ian Holmes Bilbo introverted or extroverted? Introverted, man. I can see that going either way.
1: He's only extroverted with Gandalf
0: and kids.
1: And now nah, he's telling a story to kids. <laughs> that's not the same thing.
0: See, <laughs> withdrawn or outgoing. Withdrawn. Man, I see that both ways, and I can see why it, he might appear outgoing, but is actually withdrawn. Is he focused or scattered? Both. Yeah, that's when I'm going to go with scattered. Dark visions or optimistic visions
1: huh? oh dark visions
0: no he's a super optimistic no, he's not I want to see mountains Gandalf
1: yeah but that's that's like listen to how he says it it's it's a it's a desperation it's it's like like it's it's he's not in awe of mountains he's desperate to get away from where he is
0: <laughs> I'm gonna disagree this is gonna be one of the few things that goes <laughs> my way. <laughs> Obsessive or superficial? Obsessive. (laughs) Just name name one thing that he's obsessive about. (laughs) Seeks knowledge, seeks pleasure.
1: You could go either way on that. I
0: think. I think he's a pleasure seeker. A big list of food there at the beginning. I think he's a knowledge seeker. Shy or gregarious? Again, this list is going my way. I'm 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 feeling good about this. No, it's not. (laughs) Let the listener make their own decision. (laughs) needs quiet needs stimulation
1: I think he needs quiet Ah,
0: man I think he needs both
1: he stops in Rivendell and never goes anywhere else (laughs) (laughs) that's because he got old stingy or generous stingy I think that's right
0: Um, he is generous with the people who are very close to him who are actually an extension of himself and that's how fives are generous yeah um, reserved or expansive? Reserved. I think that's right. All right. Let the re- listener understand that I defer to the typing mastery of TJ Wilson on this one. We'll go with Ian Holmes. Uh, Bilbo is a five. I'll take it. My
2: precious.
0: Didn't realize this was going to be about an hour here on this first character. Let's let's right. let's tag this for a second. I bet we could do two episodes real quick. Bang, bang. Okay. Uh, got two Bilbo episodes for Thanksgiving. I can do that. So quick close here. Um, two things. We are going to begin moving half or more of our episodes to Patreon. Uh, this is going to be a new season for us. We're going to rebrand a bunch of stuff. We would love for you to find our stuff on Patreon if you haven't already. On there is gonna be a handful of the old series that we did on MCU, on Star Wars, on Jurassic Park, if they're not available online. And uh, we just wanna create a community there. Secondly, I've never said this before, but today is the day. Um, TJ will know that I have another podcast it's called the Star Wars binge in which we go into the inner life of Star Wars characters and if you get into nerdy stuff like the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars want to hear uh, TJ and I and then another friend of ours Daniel Mothershed talk shop about the Star Wars universe we do a lot of stuff there we're real easy to find and I would love for you to, to check
1: it out it's good times. Just for the record, I am not on that show all the time. I'm on a handful of episodes. The best episodes. Uh, so if, if you're looking for me, there's only a few of them. <laughs> but it, it, but if you want to talk about Star Wars, it's a great show.
0: Anytime that we talk about Emperor Palpatine, T.J. Wilson is coming in God, to bring the pain of Palpatine much. But, uh, but uh, if you want more things to listen to during this holiday season, uh, it's good times. And that's what I got. I suppose it would mean the world to us if you take two seconds, give us some stars, review our podcast on, on iTunes. You can find the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org and shout outs on Twitter and Patreon and Instagram are always appreciated. But of course, the best thing you can do is share this with somebody that you love, preferably somebody who is really interested in Middle Earth and the inner life of hobbits. You got anything else? I got nothing. He's DJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are. And you will definitely get passage to the Grey Havens.